Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. And look, football, it's back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field for another football season. And as always, BetOnline, it's your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. It's got a new updated site and interface. There are even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive that bonus. Football, basketball, boxing, MLB playoffs, hockey, it's all right around the corner for you. So what are you waiting for? Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. The Chicago Bulls are about to tip off another season in just a couple of days. We're recording this on a Friday, but it's airing at the beginning of the week, and we're bringing in Believe in Bulls host Nick Schultz, longtime guest, back onto the pod. Nick, how are you today? Joey, it's great to be back, man. It's great to have the NBA back in a few days. I mean, I've been looking forward to this. We're going to have, you know, we got football season, we got basketball season. I wish the White Sox were still in the playoffs, but either way, we got hockey season as well. It's a, it's a great time to be a sports fan. And we got college hoops around the corner, too. This is. This is getting to be the fun time of year right here. It's funny. If you wind the clocks back, you know, 18 months or so, we where were we as a Chicago sports fan base, right? Where Mitch Trubisky and the Bears driving a car right into a brick wall, right? Um, the Chicago Bulls, maybe young and feisty, but a minus a Vucevic, new, or, new organization. Maybe, you know, Gar and Pax were still on the way out. The Cubs were a little frustrating. The Sox were still on the come, but not a very good team. The Blackhawks were in mediocrity the land of nowhere roll we're in mediocrity <laughs> yeah well we'll see, we'll see what happens but yeah roll roll it forward and i think every franchise can kind of look at something you know the cubs are maybe the the outlier of this but it's all kind of turned around a little bit it starts with the chicago bulls there's a lot of excitement coming into the season a lot of new faces arturis and eversley they've turned this baby over pretty quickly there's not a whole lot left from that gar packs era on a scale of one to ten how excited are you for this chicago bull season Probably a 15. I won't even lie to you. You know, I did over over the off season. I did a couple emergency pods with the additions and free agency. I've been I've been on the Lonzo Ball train since January, and it uh-huh. happened. I mean, I was so beyond happy about that. Demar Derozan. I mean, I know people say, oh, he's old. He's been in the league a while. He's a veteran. He can still put up 20 points a game. I am on the Alex Caruso bandwagon. The Caruso. I want a jersey and a headband. I am unbelievably excited. For this year, especially now, the thing last year with Vucevic, we all expected him to be instant impact. Well, the system had to change like that in the middle of a West Coast road trip. Now, Billy Donovan has not only a full offseason to integrate Nikola Vucevic, but he has a true point guard in Lonzo Ball who can also score. He has two volume scores in Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. And let's not forget Patrick Williams is coming back as well from the ankle injury. So I cannot wait for opening night and I just wish it could get here already and we can quit like looking at preseason and everything like that. I want it to be the real deal and I want to, I want the Bulls to prove that they're better than these projections I'm seeing that have them with like 38 wins. I mean, I took I took their over 41 and a half wins for a reason and I'm not just saying that cuz I'm a fan. I really think this team is legit and this is the most excited I've been for a Bulls season in a long time. Um, in regards to the preseason, I mean, I wish we could play the Cavs and Pelicans every night, but I understand that right? it's not always going to be be like that. And, hey, man, credit where credit's due. You've been coming on this pod now for over a year. 
I appreciate your knowledge and perspective every time you come on. And you've been calling the Lonzo Ball deal for a very, very long time. There has casual interest, but you were the one that says, hey, go out and get this guy. This is the piece. And now that he's on the team, it just the whole complexion of it changes. We can talk about Vooch, you know, getting 2010s in the paint. We can talk about DeRozan, the veteran, sturdy scorer. But I think Lonzo Ball answers a question that Bulls fans have been asking for seasons now since the last time I was excited for a Bulls season. I think it was when we got Paul Gasol. That was probably the last time where I was like, hey, this is really going to be interesting to watch. I'm that excited this year. Uh, I'm at a 7.8. I'm not at a 15. I'm pretty high. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lofty excitement level for me. But now that Lonzo Ball's in the mix, he just sort of feels like, as we can say in the Big Lebowski, he really ties the room together, doesn't he? <laughs> that's a good reference. Yeah. I appreciate that reference. No, he he does. And, you know, going through the offseason, everyone was wondering what his role is going to be. Is he going to continue to be the shooter that he was in New Orleans? Is he going to be a role player like he was in L.A.? He's going to be the true point guard this year. That's what Billy Donovan's told him. That's what Billy said. That's what Lonzo said. And I like that fit because there can be times, okay, he's got to be a pass first point guard. We know he can do that. But there's going to be times where he's going to need to shoot and he fixed that little wacky, what was that little wacky shot he had? It's gone now. I don't know how he, it was like, it was here and now it's like here and it looks smooth. When he made the first basket of the preseason, I looked at it and like, that was pretty. Like watching the way, I watched him at UCLA. And watching the way that his shot has progressed since what he was a Bruin to now as a Bull, it's amazing to see the transformation. And I really think he's the answer at point guard because you have a guy who can do it all. With Kobe White, they wanted to make him a true point guard. I'm not sure he's there yet. Maybe develop him a little more behind. Well, now you've got Alex Caruso there too. So maybe Kobe can transition to that two guard, that catch and shoot guard that he's really good at. You have... Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso now who can run the point. They're very different, but they're similar too in that they can pass. There was one sequence in the preseason. I talked about it on my pod. It was, I think it was Lonzo to DeRozan, back to Lonzo to Caruso, and there was another pass in there. Caruso finished it with the layup. And you watch that, you don't see Bulls teams do that in the last few years. You you haven't seen that since Derrick Rose was there. And even then when Derrick Rose was there, you didn't see that kind of ball movement. Maybe that's what this system needs. And it was preseason. It was against the Cavs. I understand that. I try not to overreact to preseason, but that was pretty. I can watch that highlight all day. Hey, it, it's hard when you're running up, when you're beating teams by 30 points, especially with these Bulls teams that we've seen the last several years. It's worth paying attention to because I definitely think that's going to be a key is in the regular season, teams like the Cavs, the Pelicans, the Pistons, Beat those teams by 25-30, right? Not just getting W's on the board now. I think it's time to maybe have some of those separator games, some of those laughers, if you will. And you're bringing up a good point about Lonzo and Kobe because Lonzo can play with Kobe in the same backfield, right? He's got the size. It's not like they're going to be an undersized backcourt now if Kobe's playing the two. They can kind of interchange a little bit. Lonzo can play on-ball, off-ball defense a little bit. And the other part that I like about Lonzo the concept of, and this has happened a little bit less last year, but still something that happens where in those crunch time moments, third and fourth quarter, you're typically like Zach Levine is going to just do ISO, right? Maybe take it from the top of the key or you're just going to isolate him on the other side. I think in those moments now, we can have other people touch the basketball and still have it result as a Zach Levine field goal. But now I don't feel so bad about the concept of Lonzo can create a shot in those moments and pass the ball instead of everyone just focusing on one guy making one move, which is really where the NBA has kind of gone recently. I do like that variety a little bit. And, oh, yeah, maybe some of those baseline uh, those baseline cuts that Levine's been finding with Lonzo to the basket, 
it just opens up a lot of doors for me. And I think Lonzo Ball is that key that opens that door. I think it also opens doors to, you were kind of alluding to it there at the end. This can be more of a fun motion offense type of thing where you have multiple guys who can do multiple things. And you talk about Zach Levine and how he can score. And how, I can I lost count last year how many times in the fourth quarter the Bulls would be down, what, eight, nine, maybe 10. It was a, it was a game where they could get back into it. Who had the ball 90% of the time? It was Zach. Levine, yeah. Now you've got Zach who can do it. You've got Damar who can do it. You can find Vooch in the paint because he's versatile down low. Or you can find Lonzo. I mean, you have the weapons. I think Patrick Williams can get to that point. I'm not trying to – I don't want to set expectations too high for him offensively because he's going from – I think we've talked about this before – going from not being the guy in college to being the guy in the NBA. And I still think he's going through that transition. So I think Patrick Williams is going to be impact, but not as much as the other four in that starting lineup. But I think you've got the pieces now. You can have multiple guys beat you, and that's the recipe for success. You're in the Eastern Conference. You're not in the West. You're in the East. You, were, you had teams under 500 last year make it to the play-in tournament. And I want to say one made the playoffs. I can't remember which one was under 500, but I want to say one of them made the playoffs under 500. All you got to do is be 500. The win totals moved from 40.5 to 43.5 just since the offseason. I've been watching because I, I got it at 41 and a half. It's up to 43 and a half, depending on where you look. And that means if you can finish over 500, you can make a run in the playoffs. There is no reason this team should be under 500, in my opinion. I want to ask you about Billy Donovan heading into this season. Now, I'm, I'm going to posit this question to you. I don't want to make it seem like this is some sort of make or break or we're, we're, we're trying to figure out. I think Billy Donovan is the coach for right now. I think Billy Donovan is probably the coach at least for next year too as well. We can maybe reassess at that particular time. But on paper, it looks like this team's going to score a lot of points. The team's going to give up a lot of points. We've added infused a ton of talent onto this roster. So if you're looking at it from a fan's perspective, looking at Billy Donovan, in what area do you think he's going to be able to put his fingerprints on this team? And maybe what are some components, factors, maybe even feelings of style of play that maybe we can keep an eye on in terms of, hey, this is Billy Donovan you know, putting his stamp on this team? I think you're going to see the biggest impact, not on the court, but off the court. I think you're going to see he's Billy Donovan is big in the locker room. Think about the teams he had in Oklahoma City. Five mm -hmm. different teams. in the If they play in the Western Conference, they all went to the playoffs. Okay? Think about that. Now, he has a team right now with two all-stars, no, three all-stars, DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic, a future all-star in Lonzo, and a star in the making in Patrick Williams. Now, you can't tell me that he can't maximize potential out of this after what he did in Oklahoma City. And I've also been a Billy Donovan fan since he was at Florida. And, I mean, college game and NBA, I mean, going back even when Billy Donovan was at, when he was at Florida, it is a completely different college game now from back then. But still, if he can do that back then with the Gators and Joe Kim Noah and those guys, he can do it here, too. I mean, because he, he's not worried about recruiting and all that other stuff. I can get it in. That's inside baseball, but you get what I'm saying. Now you have the NBA. You've got your superstars. Now it's about maximizing potential, and we've seen that Billy Donovan can do that with teams he probably shouldn't have done that with. So I think he's the guy right now, and I think he should be. As long as this core is together, you need to keep the coach with him too. Do anything you can to keep him in Chicago. Off the court's a really interesting wrinkle because I – uh, you're, you're hitting on something where I feel like Zach Levine took a step 
forward last year, and I think a part of it probably had to do, I don't know about tutelage is the right descriptor for it, but Billy Donovan just being that consistent presence for him, continuously encouraging him, and now Zach Levine is an all-star, and Zach Levine is also an Olympian thanks to that season that he had last year. I really liked some of their offensive sets last year where they do run that motion, right, where I was talking on a previous pod earlier, they do kind of that handoff screen, and then that weak side pick creates that motion on the other side. And, and when Vooch kind of showed up, it kind of got thrown out of whack. I'm kind of curious to see how that kind of gets re-implemented this year with the new pieces that are involved. And my other thing with Billy Donovan is big for this team this year. One, I think, is take care of – when you play a bad team, take care of business, right? And I'm, it'd be great to get some wins on the board. It'd be even better to blow some of these teams out 20 to 25 points some nights. And then the other one is – mitigate the, the the low points, right? That's the other part I'll be looking with Billy Donovan is we can't lose three, four games in a row. You know, we can lose maybe a couple in a row, but figuring out ways to keep galvanizing this group to continuously keep, you know, get them off of the schneid a little bit quicker than maybe in previous years. I'm kind of looking at that with Billy Donovan as well. Absolutely. And going back to Zach, it's been a lot of talk this offseason about it with bloggers and writers. Zach Levine has a coach and a front office who believes in him. And you saw that last year and what that did. Now he has help. It's not just Zach Levine's show when crunch time. He has help. So I think you're going to see a different Zach Levine in terms of you saw what he could do on his own last year, all-star appearance, gold medal with the Olympics. Now you see him with help and other superstars around him. I think you're going to see a better version of Zach Levine because those guys are going to push him, especially DeMar DeRozan, I think. I think that I've kind of hinted at this too. What DeMar DeRozan brings on the court, obviously 20 points a game. He can get to the foul line. Maybe not as much now that they're getting rid of that where he leans into it. I saw that a couple times in preseason. He tried that little lean in and they didn't call it because they're going to get a little pickier about that. But he'll still get he'll get to the line. He'll be able, That's going to be a big thing for the Bulls this year is getting to the freaking free throw line. And I think he's going to push Zach Levine because he's a leader. DeMar's seen a lot of stuff in the league and he's been dealt. He got dealt a crap hand when he got traded from Toronto to San Antonio and then Toronto went won a ring. So DeMar has seen a lot and I think he can push Zach to be better. They play different positions. I think that leadership in Zach's ear is going to be huge this season. Um, Speaking of, you were talking about some of the other pieces on the team. I want to ask you about this newly reformed bench mob. Uh, I'm just going to read some names off for you. I know you know the names, but some of the listeners might not. Uh, Io DeSumo from Illinois, big fan of yours. Personally, you're I'm a huge Io fan. Really glad they picked him up. Javante Green, Kobe White, Derek Jones Jr., who's already thrown down a couple of slams in the preseason. Tony Bradley's the backup center. Marco Simonovich is coming over. Had some decent moments in summer league. We'll see what happens. Elise Johnson, Troy Brown. Just and of course, uh, you got a ticket to the Caruso show as well. So he's going to be coming off the bench too. So I'm front row get, at the Caruso. show. I want to get your take on what you think about the. The, obviously, there seems to be some depth there, but what do you think the impact of this bench mob is going to have on this team? Do you think there's an X factor in that mix? Obviously, Kobe White's injured right now. He'll come back soon. Hopefully, he can be that guy. But is there another X factor? And kind of a combo question, if it was you and you were running the Bulls, you were Billy Donovan, who do you think is leading that charge when that bench mob comes in? Do you think you're bringing DeRozan out there, or do you think Vooch is going to be out there when Zach Levine's taking a, taking a breather? Well, I'm going to start with the bench and like what this makeup is. So I really like Caruso, obviously, like for the meme, the memes and jokes aside, I like Alex Caruso's game. He can, he's a good shooter. He's a great defender. So he's going to be the leader of that bench, Bob. And with Kobe white, once he comes back, 
You know how I feel about Dasumu. I've watched him in college, and let's not forget that my Loyola Ramblers beat him in the NCAA tournament last year. I'm not forgetting about that, and I'm going to bring that up every chance I get. I'm not letting it go. And have I told you my connection? It's so it's Alize Johnson is how you pronounce it. Oh, have really? I told you my connection to him? Forgive me. For, no, so, you haven't because I can't okay. even say his first name correctly. So story time. I went to Loyola Chicago, wrote for the student newspaper. Play, they play in the Missouri Valley Conference. Alizé Johnson went to Missouri State, which is in the Missouri Valley. So I covered Alizé in college. And he's a ferocious rebounder. He's not – his scoring ability was there in school, but think of the competition he was against. It hasn't been there in the NBA. He's a sleeper on that bench. You saw a little bit in the preseason. I I, I tweeted it at one point that that's the Alizé Johnson I remember. He went – he went up, he got the rebound, missed a shot, got the rebound, missed a shot, got another rebound. He got like three rebounds in a row. He's a ferocious rebounder. Good kid, too. I interviewed him a couple times. Great guy. And I'm biased because, again, I, I've got the connection there. I, he, So he transferred from junior college. His junior year was my freshman year. So he and I broke into the Valley together. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his just from watching him up close. Alizé is actually how I met John Paxson, too. He was there scouting him. And I got to talk to John Paxson for a couple minutes. So watch out for him. And I think the big thing with the bench this year, and this is something I'm surprised hasn't been discussed more. Watch out for trades. Maybe Alizé could be that type of guy that could be trade bait going forward. If he turns in, he hasn't had a chance in the NBA. He came in with Brooklyn. Okay, he was kind of there. You saw the name. He came in, did some stuff in garbage time. Now the Bulls can maybe give him a chance to do his thing. Maybe he can be trade bait down the road. And maybe Derek Jones Jr. can be trade bait. If I can interject really quickly, because sure. this just brings into the DeRozan, everyone hating on the DeRozan money situation. People don't understand that in Chicago, we have never had assets to even be discussed in potential trades. So even if the DeRozan money looks onerous, him and a Brown and maybe a Johnson or him and a Jones, and a, you know, we now have pieces to put together for perhaps bigger, more substantial you know, um, you know, players and whoever star X that gets uh, upset next. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, you're all good. And it just, that proves my point. You've got assets that you can trade now. And Arturis has proven he'll be aggressive at the trade deadline. They might not be like the sexiest names in the world. I don't have any names for you right now. The season hasn't started yet. I don't want to start trade deadline talk before the season tips off. I don't know how people Guys, do that. Put your name in a hat of who's going to be mad next. An NBA star of like who is going to want out next. It could literally right. be anybody, anybody. Right. I mean, I think I got some dice lying around here. I'll roll the dice and assign them to a name. That's how, that's how scientific it is right now. Like, yeah, it's, it's a matter of using the assets that you have as the season goes on and getting the most out of them to maybe flip them. I told you, I'm an Alizé Johnson fan from watching him in college. I don't know if he's the future of this team. Maybe he is. But in my eyes right now, he needs to be trade bait going into the trade deadline. Maybe Derek Jones Jr., unless he totally balls out for the Bulls and finds his game, kind of like, I hate mixing sports references, but kind of like Patrick Wisdom did with the Cubs, how he found just a good fit and just all of a sudden went off. If Derek Jones Jr. does that with the Bulls, he's a building block. If he has like a solid bench campaign, proves he can maybe have a little in the tank, flip him for something, whether it be draft picks or... A bench player, especially if you can build that bench mob through the trade deadline, that's what I would do. Now, granted, I don't, I've never run an NBA team. I don't play basketball. I'm terrible at it, but I write about it and I watch it. You can make, you can build the bench through the trade deadline. And then what was your other question at the end there? My other question was, so I think 
from I've heard some different perspectives of, from Bulls fans of, you know, hey, our top five is really nice, but our bench is going to be a mystery box. My proposition is that I'm not sure if we're going to see DeRozan, Levine, and Zvucevic other than to start a game or to close a game on the court at the exact same time. And I think what's going to be a nice wrinkle for Billy Donovan to play with is picking who's going to be the captain of the bench mob. You know, six minutes into a first quarter, you can maybe pull one of those guys off, sit them for a couple minutes, and then that second quarter when Levine gets a breather, you bring those guys back and they're the leader of the bench mob. My question for you would be, if you had a preference, would that be DeRozan leading that charge or would it be Vucevic leading that charge? It depends on who you're bringing in because in an ideal world, stars align, the Bears win the Super Bowl, in a perfect world like that. Talk to me, talk to me, talk. <laughs> exactly. In that kind of world, you, you, Billy Donovan can do his John Calipari impression where you have five in and five out. You have your starting five, you have your bench five. Leonard Hamilton does something similar at Florida State. Not usually the line change like that, but he has five guys that start, he has five guys that come off the bench. And Patrick Williams was one of those guys that came off the bench and became the number four overall pick. So that's kind of what I'm getting at. You don't have that with this team. I mean, realistically speaking, you've got Caruso, you've got Kobe White once he's healthy. Okay, outside of that, you've got kind of spotty. Like, I mean, Tony Bradley, I mean, okay, that's good depth, I guess. I mean, we talked about Alizé. Derek Jones Jr. is not – he can jump out of the building, but what else can he really do? Can he, can he shoot consistently? Like, that's where you have that mystery box, like you said. So that's where, okay, I would have Caruso maybe out there to close games because of his defense. So maybe you could have – Caruso and Williams out there, maybe keep Vooch out there so you have a big guy. Or you can throw him in with Lonzo, Zach, DeMar, and Vooch and just move Zach to the three, DeMar to the four. That type of thing goes small. It depends on the matchups. And that's where Billy Donovan's expertise comes in. Like, okay, who can I plug and play here? Who are we going against? Are they going big? Are they going small? Do we want to push the pace? That's where that all comes into play. I think until the bench gets really rounded out and you don't really see many deep teams like that like i say five in five out in the nba you could i mean i know the over 30 league that is the la lakers maybe you can make that case because of the names they have and who's going to be starting who's going to be on the bench but realistically speaking if you can get one more solid bench guy who you can rely on i don't have a name for you like i said but someone like a caruso or a kobe white that can come off the bench and get it done you're going to be in good shape and if you can have a guy like a Marco Simonovich or something like that, or you yeah, know, maybe Marco can break out too. Maybe he can be the new and improved Lowry marketing. You saw the aggressiveness in the summer league and in preseason, maybe he can be your unicorn and Io DeSumo, I mean, I'm a big fan of his, but realistically in the NBA right now, he's not going to be in the rotation, maybe be back end of it kind of developing, which is fine. That's what you do with a second round pick. It's not too often. You get the Nikola Jokic's of the world that jump in and, Oh, Hey, this guy's making an instant impact. It takes time. Let him transition to the NBA and see how that goes. So realistically speaking, he's not going to get as many minutes as, say, Kobe White once he's back. But he still could be valuable just down the stretch, maybe get some time in garbage time. And in a couple years, maybe. That's how I'm looking at it for him. Yeah, yeah, garbage time. And then he's going to get a lot of what I call cover minutes where, you know, you've got 15 seconds to go in a quarter. You'd probably prefer to either get someone a little quick of a head start on a blow or maybe protect someone from foul trouble uh, maybe on a back-to-backs, maybe give him 8 to 10, something like that. And, of course, hopefully right. not injuries push him into probably a role that he doesn't want a little bit too soon that he's probably ready for. My next question for you, scale of 1 to 10. Now, I'm going to do a cross-sport thing again, 
uh, because you opened the door, buddy. So I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I started it. I, you know, I, it's a pet peeve of mine, but I did it. It's okay. Uh, it, it helps people sometimes, you know, figure out what we're trying to get at. Where, you know, the White Sox, they just finished up their, their series. And I think now we're all looking at sort of like, you know, A, what went wrong in the series? How do we improve the team? Before the series started going over X factors with guys right here in this pod. And, you know, I bring up defense, right? Because it's been kind of a bugaboo for the White Sox. And you know what? No one wants to really talk about defense. And then all of a sudden when the series ends and Leary Garcia gets turned around in right field and you see an Astros team literally taking outs away from us and you see our defensive rotations, now everyone wants to be like, defense, 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 defense. So my question for you is 1 to 10. What is your concern level with the Chicago Bulls defensive team? I mean, it looks like we're trying to outscore everyone every single night, and that's well and good, right? But is it as concerning for you as it probably is for me because it could lead to some really frustrating performances? I'm 50-50 on it, so I'm going to say a five. Yeah. I think – and that now last year would have been like an eight because, I mean, the defense last year just wasn't there. But – I think bringing in a guy like Lonzo Ball, who, like you said earlier, can he can be on ball, off ball. I love his defensive game is great. Alex Caruso, that's why he'd be in the closing five. His defense is great too. Maybe Zach can be an improved defender with these guys because he hasn't really had a true defender to kind of like, oh hey, like I can I'll watch that. I can maybe do that. Maybe he can give me some pointers. Patrick Williams is still a great defender too. Even as a rookie last year, you saw the job he did always guarding the best player on the court. Mm-hmm. I think maybe he takes a step forward defensively too. DeMar DeRozan's not, I don't want to say he's a horrible defender, but he's not great at it. You know, he's kind of, he's there. He'll play defense and Vooch is a liability. We knew that last year with the trade. We, we knew that when they traded for him that, okay, he's not the best rim defender in the world. And, I'm not overly concerned like I was last year with the defense, but there's still holes that need to be addressed, but it's not the nineties anymore. You don't need to play staunch defense in the paint and someone, I, I wish I could find the picture. Someone put together spacing differences from like 1998 to today. And you see it get the floor gets spaced out more and more and like defense is important, but it's an offensive game now. So I'm not, everyone's worried about the defense and yes, you have to play defense at a big thing of mine too is just play freaking defense, but also you got to get done on the offensive end too. You have the offensive firepower now. Maybe the defense isn't as important as it was last year, but you still got defenders who can make a difference. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And look, it just kind of is—it's a philosophical thing, and I'm actually on board with it. And I think that's what AK and Eversley have decided to do. Where let's just say you score 110 points a game and you give up 110 points a game. You can make a decision and say, hey, we need to get better defensively. We need to trim that number down to 104. The Bulls said, you know what? We're still going to give up that 110, but we're going to go out and we're going to score 120. And it's just a philosophical yeah, It's a philosophical choice, right? Like instead of getting maybe more balanced defensively, they're like, hey, let's just get elite offensively. If we can be elite offensively, maybe some of that defensive stuff stays where it is and we can kind of overcome that. It's kind of how I'm looking at how they're approaching this season. Look, I don't want this to come out as, okay, the Bulls are in win-now mode. Go compete for a title right now. No, don't don't compete for a title this year. Maybe next year, see how this year goes. you got to learn how to – this team's got to learn to play together. But it's the old Al Davis line. Just win, baby. I don't care if you win 145 to 140 yeah. or if you win 98 to 97. A win's a win. 
Yeah. Just take the win. Like, I mean, people won't agree with it if it's 145, 140, because, oh, they don't play defense in the NBA anymore. Okay, they, everyone, I watch highlights of the 90s Bulls, and I talk about how these guys would not survive in that era, and I, I make that reference all the time. But the game's changing now to where, okay, if they score 100-some points a game, you've got to keep up with them offensively, and it's going to be whoever misses the most. And maybe it's not the best path to go. Maybe it's not the best path for consistency. But if you make it work, make it work. Just win, baby. That's my that's my motto with this Bulls team this year. Just win. Nick, um, breaking news: uh, Zach Levine's good. Um, you know, really? I'll, and I'll be honest with you. A couple seasons ago, sitting with my buddies, I was a Zach Levine skeptic. I really was. I thought he was an empty stats, garbage time, one dimensional player. And I will tell you, last year, he really sort of one eighty'd me. I'm I'm a Zach Levine fan now, and he's an all star, and he's an Olympian. And because of his success last year, that means Bulls fans get to be spoiled and greedy and needy and want more and more and more. So if you could be spoiled and needy about Zach Levine, what is one part of his game or one thing that you'd like to see from him this season that you think will take him to even another level this year? Well, I could go with the obvious answer and say defense, but I really don't want to because I just beat that dead horse about defense. So I want to go with shot selection. How many times last year, down the stretch. Now, this was probably him pressing because he was the only guy that could do it. Yes. But how many times last year in the fourth quarter did he take a shot and you go, oh, Zach? Like, I mean, yeah, it not happened even a lot. A, not even a heat check. Just no. like, I'm the only one that can do anything right now. And, yeah. And then the shot would be yeah, a 35-footer or something. It'd be crazy. Well, and there would be times where, like, you should have gone two for one and you didn't go two for one and you took a shot that gave the other team a lot of time and I didn't like the shot selection. So I think being smarter about it this year, and that's going to come with playing with the DeRozans who've been around the league a while and they'll get in his ear and has the respect that I can say, hey, don't ever do that again. Mm-hmm. Or you're playing with Lonzo who just went through changing his shot and kind of changing his uh, philosophy on shooting. And maybe that can help too. So I think shot selection is going to be key for Zach and maybe being a little passive too. I know last year he, he was getting more passive. Now he's got more guys that he can pass it to. Maybe that'll help, but the big one for me is shot selection. No stupid shots. And I'm not talking Denzel Valentine level where he chucked up the one from Steph Curry range last year that's been all over Twitter. Yeah, and he was all feeling that. it. He was feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> We've been there. We've all been there. I've played pickup games where I've taken shots. I shouldn't have, but I don't play, I don't play in the NBA. But I, I think Zach needs to be smarter as a shooter, and I think he can – take that jump this year. It's a matter of, okay, will he do it when it matters instead of in preseason? That's a really, that's a really great call. And I felt like he slowly got a little bit better as the season went along, but yeah, those final moments, the decision-making in those final moments definitely needed some improvement. Maybe he just needed the reps, right? He just needed maybe to go through some of those moments and go and go through it. I did find that he played a little bit better when he would facilitate more. I wish he would kind of be a little bit more attracted to that. Like, get guys, do the old Chicago Bulls in the 90s. Get Luke Longley six quick points, and he will never score again for the rest of the game, but everyone else has got a touch with the ball, and now everyone's a little bit more in rhythm. Um, I'm going to go find that dead horse. I'm going to kick it. I will say, though, I'm not trying to make him some sort of elite defender, but it would be nice if on a night when he shoots 2 of 11. Now, granted, there have been those nights, and he puts up 24 in the fourth quarter. He's just as capable of doing that, but – on a night's when he's shooting 2 of 11, I would like to see him, and I think Bulls fans would love this, and the box score probably won't flesh it out, but maybe try and do something else on the court to be successful because we are going to have scoring options this year where he can do a 2 of 9, 
and or two of eleven, and we can still win, right? And I think that there's other ways for him to be a positive influence on the core, even if it is a spacing type thing for a DeRozan or a Vucevic, even if it is making a defensive stop, right, and and starting a fast break, maybe not finishing it. I still think there's other facets to his game because what would you say right now? Top 20 player? Definitely not top 10, right? Would you say he's a top 20 player, though? If he is, I'd say 19 or 20. But, yeah, yeah. I think it'd yeah. be borderline. Yeah, like I think it. you can make an argument maybe that Vooch and Levine are two top 25 players, right? That would – yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that one. Right, right. So if, you, if he wants to take it maybe – to that next level, I don't know if he'll ever be a top ten player. There's just so much elite talent in the NBA, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if he doesn't, they want just to all go... happen to be on like three teams. But continue, <laughs> touche. Uh, but I think he, there's a way for him to get a little bit closer and a little bit even more. Uh, he, can, he can ascend even higher by doing some of these smaller things. And I'm with you, man. I'm really curious to see what his efficiency rate does, right? Because if he's getting two easy passes for layups, two or three of them a game from Lonzo Ball, and he's just getting six points that he doesn't even really need to think about, he just needs to take the ball and just put it in the basket real quick, man, I, I think that his efficiency numbers could actually even go higher. But I think as Bulls fans, I think we're looking at more of the details with him at this point. You know, here's my big thing about the Bulls this year, and this goes beyond, you know, win total. We could talk about that, defense, all that. This team needs to be fun. And when I say that, I'm not talking about the Warriors where, okay, we're going to kick it out to Steph and he's going to shoot a three. We'll kick it out to Clay. We'll hear sh he'll shoot a three. We'll kick it out to whoever. They'll shoot a three. I'm talking about ball movement, Zach Levine throwing down dunks, maybe DeMar DeRozan throwing down a couple. You got Vooch down low. Maybe get Patrick Williams in on it. We, we, have, this four guys, we have four guys that won a dunk contest, right? Yeah, something like that. Well, I, don't, I don't know. Jones, the, the, Levine, DeRozan, and uh, oh, maybe it is only three. I think it's only so either way, yeah. like the point is, the point is this team needs to be fun. I when I so I live in small town USA in central Illinois. It's all these people who say I don't like the NBA because there's no defense. They shoot threes. Oh, yeah, I want those fun teams. That okay, Zach Levine's on this team. He's gonna throw down three dunks over three poster dunks or something like that. And I want to see that aggression, and that's what I want to see out of this Bulls team. You saw it in that first preseason game, that sequence I told you. One pass, two pass, three pass, four pass, easy layup. Imagine if that was a slam dunk. It would have been number one on SportsCenter because of all that ball movement. That's what I want to see out of this team this year, and Zach Levine is going to be the start of that. Set him up for alley-oop. Set him up for one dribble and throwing one down and putting guys on posters. That's what it should be about this year is having fun, and the wins will come. Final question here for Nick Schultz here on Believe in Bears, talking uh, Believe in Bulls, I'm sorry, talking hoops. Um, Over-under, final question for you. Over-under, 6.5 seed for the Bulls this season. That means under means they're not in the play-in game. Over means they're going to be in the play-in game. Let's say you. Over. I'm going to say five or six probably. They should be five. Mm -hmm. But I could see five or six just because this is a lot of new faces and it's a lot to get together in one off season. You saw flashes. I know it's preseason, but you saw some flashes. And they're not going to be better than Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Milwaukee. Okay, that's your top three. Those are locked in. No question. Miami's the wild card, too. Maybe the Bulls in Miami can be flipping for that four or five spot. But I think the they Hawks. should be top five in the Eastern Hawks. Conference. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're better than the Hawks, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, I really, I really think that when – if the – 
how do I word it? If Trey Young gets taken out of the game for Atlanta, and I'm not talking injury wise, I'm talking if they lock down Trey Young, there's not a lot of depth there outside of that. You got John Collins, who I'm a big fan of, and I mean you've got uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is in Atlanta, right? Boyan's in Utah. Yeah, I flip them. Yeah. Bogdan Bogdanovich. They got Herter. They got DeAndre Hunter. They got right. They got those guys, but can they make up for Trey Young? It's Trey Young's show. That's the best way to put it. With this Bulls team, you've got okay. You've got a you got a bona fide superstar in Demar Derozan still. He's still got some left in the tank. You've got Nikola Vucevic. You've got Zach Levine, who's a rising star. You've got Lonzo Ball, who's a rising star. I think the Bulls are better than the Hawks. I mean, that's like one of my hot takes for this season. But I really think. The Bulls should be top five in the Eastern Conference. Anything less is a disappointment in my eyes. Just with the money you spent this offseason, the assets you gave up, there's no reason to not be top five. It's going to be interesting where this team is going to have to try and mitigate bad stretches of basketball, right? We can't lose that three or four in a row because basically what are we talking about here? If you win 43, 44, 45 games, you're basically playing 500 basketball all season except for couple hot streaks right you're keeping your head above water and then there's a couple of moments where you rip off four or five wins in a row and then you kind of mitigate those two two game losing streaks right so they're going to be right there man i'm with you man i would love i just don't want to see us in the playing game the playing tournament i think that's something that bulls fans deserve to be i mean great and if it's a sixth seed and we play the 76ers and we don't beat them in the first round had that conversation another time, but I think the talent on this team deserves better than that play-in game. So I'm right there with you. No, I agree. The play-in game would be absolutely, that's not an option in my opinion. Last year I kept saying, okay, maybe make the play-in game. Maybe you can squeak past it, whatever. No, do not get in a play-in game this year. If if they're in the play-in game, I'm going to be disappointed and I'm going to come on my pod and I'm going to say, this is an underwhelming season. I'm not saying they should compete for a title. I want to be perfectly clear. I'm not saying they they should go out and go 82-0 and and run the table in the playoffs and win the title. I'm saying they should be top five in the Eastern Conference because it's the Eastern Conference, mind you. It's I mean, it's better than it was. It's still not the West. It's the Eastern Conference. You've got experience. DeRozan's been around a long time. Vucevic has been around a long time. You've got guys with experience. I mean, it's not a veteran team like I keep saying, the over-30 league that is the L.A. Lakers. But you got guys with experience. League alone, They're, those guys are my age out there. Watch it. I'm I'm rooting for those. Okay, of bones. <laughs> I'm 23. Give me a break here. That's where I'm coming from with this. I'm I'm in my Jordan year here. Oh, so, <laughs> 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 the best way to put it is the over 30 league, just because you got, and I can even say over 35 if you want to. This is but my, this is my Jason McKee year. So uh, <laughs> I'm in fullback numbers at this point, but it's not. Like- uh, I love it. I love it. I didn't expect the Jason McKee reference today. Wow, it's been that kind. Of, it's that kind of day, I guess. But they've got enough experience where they can maybe mitigate those rough stretches. They were a young team last year. You saw some of those rough stretches. They, I want to say, what was it? I was old. I think I was I was 22 last year, and I was as old or older than two guys in the starting lineup. So now you've got experienced guys, and maybe that can help mitigate those stretches. That's why I say top five is my bar. Anything less, I'm going to come out here. I'm not going to call for anyone to be fired, but I'm going to say that's got to be better. There is no reason to not finish top five in the Eastern Conference in my eyes. 
Believe in Bulls host Nick Schultz here on Bet on Chicago. I've been talking so much Bears recently, man. Um, Bears out of my ears. It's so great to bring you back on and talk some hoops. And let me tell you guys something right now. He's going to be coming back on the pod to talk Bulls basketball. But check out Believe in Bulls. He is dropping content in a timely way, in a consistent way. He's always bringing you the good stuff to know what you need to know what's going on in the hardcore. Even if you can't watch the game, just check out his pod because he's going to be able to give you all the information and perspectives that you need. Nick, man, so great to see you. Just toss out your socials. Uh, people can keep checking out your content. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the pod, man. Great to see you. Joey, it's always great to be here, man. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Nick Schultz underscore seven. I tweet about the Bulls a lot. I'm also writing about Big Ten football now for Saturday Tradition. So it's football season. Here we go. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's not a not a great slate of games this weekend, but still, I mean, the Big Ten's having a good year this year. I tweet a lot about Big Ten football. I love chopping it up with people. I host a radio show on Sunday still on WLUW for my alma mater, Loyola Chicago. I talk a lot of sports all week, and again, people can follow me on Twitter. And I love disagreeing with people, and I get snarky about it, but it's it's all in good fun, and that's what it's all about. We're getting into a great time of year for sports. And again, thanks for the invite to come back, and maybe we'll talk Bears sometime too, because I'm a I'm driving the Justin Fields stand account bandwagon there. Oh, let's do that soon, man. I would love that, man. I, <laughs> Absolutely. I more than surrounding myself with people that work hard because uh, it's inspiring to me, and you certainly do that, my friend, man. So thank you so much for coming on. And when we come back, we'll do a buffet. We'll get a big plate of Chicago sports buffet, and maybe we'll do a little bit of everything the next time you come on. Let's do it. I'm always down. Appreciate you having me and appreciate the words, man. Always a pleasure. Always, dude. Today's episode of Bet on Chicago with Joey Christopoulos is presented by BetOnline.ag. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, so make sure you check that back and get a receipt on that bonus because you're going to win a little money this weekend if you do that. Thank you so much for checking out this pod. we got plenty more coming the rest of the week. Till then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember, when in doubt, always Bet on Chicago. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.